following episode of Dave's Video Graveyard contains spoilers and naughty words. Listener discretion is advised. video graveyard for another week and Casey it is an overdue shit show it is it has been way yep. too long it has been too long now last time we did the shit show we were joined by everyone's favorite gladiator Vulcan mm. so we thought we'd go from everyone's favorite gladiator to everyone's favorite podcaster named Dan we are joined <laughs> by Dan from the passive aggressive podcast how are you Oh, great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> what, a, what an honor to be the, the person after Vulcan. Well, that means he was your support act, really. Oh, yeah. So, my warm-up. Yeah, so he was your warm-up. For those that don't know, you are part of the Passive Aggressive podcast. We've featured Matt recently on our Escape from Absalon, mm-hmm. the movie that no one saw for the podcast that no one listened to, and that was... <laughs> A good time. <laughs> However, through listening to the Passive Aggressive podcast, I have realised that perhaps you could take Casey's crown, and I'm not talking oh. about as the dirtiest person I know. However, <laughs> as the person that knows more obscure Australian television than anyone on earth. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, now, well, thank you. Through your through your ongoing knowledge of Aussie TV, it was a massive myth that me and Casey have been chasing for years has been ticked off as true because for many years, Casey yes. and I have been speaking about the what we thought was a Mandela effect of one year young Dave was watching the Logies and Benita Collins from Play School came out and I'm pretty sure she was wearing a Danzig-esque <laughs> style mesh shirt yeah. and you yeah, could yeah. full on see her titties. And but she didn't have a bra on. There were nips on display. I... Don't remember knowing or being attractive to tits back then, but I just knew that something was off. It's like coming, it's like turning on the TV and seeing Noni Hazelhurst coward punch someone. (laughs) That'd be exciting. I know. But it was like, did I see Benita Collins from Play School's Nips? You, we reached out to you, and you found a episode of um, yeah, it was like uh, Kate Tim and Marty. Kate Tim and Joel, yeah, uh, the yeah, the podcast. It actually weirdly just happened a couple of days after you mentioned it. Yeah, because right. I remember this happening as well, and I said that like I guess I confirmed it, so you knew you weren't crazy. Well, oh. I and then weirdly have, I, I yeah. listened to the podcast, and it came up on that. That's insane because I have. Asked a lot of people about it, and no one has ever remembered it. I've looked high and low for the footage, and I cannot find it. There's not a mention of it online or anything. Dave's the only person that then confirmed that he remembered it too, so I knew I hadn't imagined it. And yeah. now this is now you've remembered it, and it's been mentioned like it's starting to come to life. I have spent months and months at the time when I was obsessed with it, trying to find footage to confirm that it was yeah. real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. 
you wouldn't believe how fucked my algorithm is now. <laughs> like my, my my son will be watching. It's so funny. My son's like, oh, I'm watching this new fucking gamer do this live stream. It keeps suggesting that I watch Norman Gunston's funniest moments. <laughs> Is he like, who's Norman Gunston? 100%. So, yeah, so because it is a shit show, we're going to be doing a range of shows. Um, There's some obscure shows coming up on today's episode. And that is your fault, Dan. That's how I like it. (laughs) Nice. Some really obscure shows. Now, to start things off, I think we should go to the golden age of CGI. (laughs) Yes, yep. I come from the net through systems peoples and cities to this place mainframe my format guardian to mend and defend to defend my newfound friends their hopes and dreams to defend them from their enemies user lives outside the net and inputs games for pleasure. No one knows for sure, but I intend to find out. Reboot! So we're going back to, it aired originally in 1994. I can't believe it ran I until 2001. I could not yeah. believe that. Because this, funnily enough, I had written a joke down when I started researching saying the CGI in the show we're talking about, which is Reboot, one of the coolest shows on TV. <laughs> I made the joke that the CGI looks as shit as the Money for Nothing Dire Straits music oh, video. it does. <laughs> Through my research, the exact same guy that did the CGI for the television show Reboot did the music video. Are you video. kidding me? I, it is no the same way. person. Fuck. So I was like, wow, that, that is, is a, insane. That has blown my mind. Now, before we get too further into talking about Reboot, we wanted to know about, apparently you've been working on some slash fiction um, for Julian Clary. What's that about, Dan? (laughs) What? What are you talking about? It's here in my notes. It's here in my notes that you write sex stories about Julian Clary. Is that not true? Um. Was that on my Wikipedia page or something? Do I, I have did a Wikipedia put, page? I did put it on there, yes. Yes, it was on there. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, Reboot, what did it mean to you guys? It meant that TV after school was boring and that I wanted to go and find something else to do. Did you not love Reboot? <laughs> Fuck no. You are wrong. Super no, wrong. It's so ugly to look at. I just couldn't get into it. It's so ugly. It looks like a cheap ad for something like a you know breakfast cereal ad or something like that. Like it, I not a lot of effort a, was put in. I used to have a boner for Dot Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> the printer or the actor? <laughs> both because my penis would oh. fit in both evenly. In the oh, holes on the side the of the paper? That feed the paper. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no, it looks terrible. It's cheap and tacky. I can't believe it went till 2001. No, you are completely yeah. wrong. This was – it was, funnily enough, like another show we'll be talking about on today's episode, it kind of didn't limit itself because the story followed Bob the Guardian inside of mainframes or inside yep. of a computer and all these games would be – 
would come in from the internet mm. and he was the basically the the McAfee. The, <laughs> <laughs> the antivirus. The antivirus. Yeah. Without all the murder and that that's involved with oh, the real McAfee story. And uh, so every game was different. So it, it let them have, you know, um, a different story because suddenly they're in like a Knights in Shining Armor game. So they'd yeah. be like in Joust. But what I did like was as the show got popularity, they actually upped the ante and there was many episodes. There was an X-Files episode and yeah. there was a episode that was based on the Evil Dead franchise, <laughs> which gave me a young, uh, fat horror nerd, a bigger boner than Dot Matrix. Wow. And a cool haircut. Yeah. What did you think of this show, Dan? I actually didn't think much of it at first. I, like you said, the animation terrible and mm. just painful to watch. But I remember it must have been quite later in the series. It was airing uh, Saturday mornings on Channel 7. Yeah. And I caught an episode once where they did a parody of Power Rangers. <laughs> and that was what got me into it because, as you know, I love Power Rangers. Yes, um, And they were in, like, Megazords and morphing and stuff. Um, not sure how they didn't get sued by the Power Rangers creators. Well, what it did um, like was there were some episodes where they vaguely referenced something where they were very yeah. like, here's the, here's the public domain version of what we're getting at. Yeah. But then, like I said, there were licensed episodes where it's like, here is like a likeness of Bruce Campbell as Ash from Evil Dead fighting against them. Yeah. It was pretty funny. And I do remember the X-Files one as well. Um, that must have been the same season. And the the characters, I think, instead of Mulder and Scully, it was Fax Modem and Darth <laughs> and Nally, I think that's it was. That's great. That's insanely good. That was hilarious. Because that's yeah. the other thing that we didn't touch on. All the characters were like puns or references yeah. to computer yeah. stuff. Yeah. And because it was the early days of computer, I like how they probably thought that was super, like they were writing the Matrix, but it's like, yeah. you know. This it is was m- like they opened um, like computers for dummies and just went, okay, here's some, here's some words we can use. <laughs> This is the sexy Mavis Beacon. She teaches oh, typing. typing. I remember the early days of the internet once watching Agro and Gibbo came on and he was telling you about a website and they like read it out for you to go on. And it was really long. It wasn't like www.blah.com. Oh. It was like this long. I've been enjoying like 97, 98 uh, season of Hey, Hey, It's Saturday again. And yeah. nothing is better occasionally Molly pulls out World Wide Web dot, no, HTTP dot slash colon dot dot. And uh, just his eyes lighting up when he says colon was like pretty good as well. (laughs) (laughs) Lit up like Bevan Spencer Von Einem. (laughs) Nice. So also while revisiting this, Dan, you sent me a clip of some sprites because the other sprites, which were all like shaped like – Proto fucking minions. Yeah, um, there was stripper. There was stripper sprites in an yeah. episode. <laughs> that was bizarre. It was like a top ten weirdest moments from reboot that I found. <laughs> so it was at a strip club. It was just bizarre. It aired from 1994 to 2001. It followed the adventures of the Guardian named Bob and his companion companions Enzo and Dot Matrix as they work to keep the computer system mainframe safe from viruses and other threats. And I did like because Enzo was like the the little kid with the cool baseball cap, and in the later season he became like this big hulking like He Man type <laughs> character. That's right. It yeah. was super edgy. Had an eye patch. He was like Snake Plissken essentially. 
Um, I forgot about that. Yeah, but uh, just the ruining of my joke about the Dire Straits music video was so upsetting to me <laughs> because I'm like, it's the same guy that yeah. made this fucking thing. Uh, <laughs> CGI hasn't peaked since then. Like, uh, you know, no. You watch that's Avengers, the, the top of the rank. you yeah. watch like the new Lion King where everything looks photorealistic. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but this doesn't look like it wouldn't load on a PlayStation 1. Like, <laughs> was that one of the first computer animated things? I reckon there was this and Beast Wars, the Transformers oh, show, around that. about the same time. So they both looked as shit as each other. Yeah, like a screensaver yeah. on like Windows Media Player or something. Because Optimus Prime was Optimus Primal and he was a big ape that was poorly <laughs> rendered. Like, <laughs> I love all those old like um, animorphs and stuff, those terrible computer things of the well, it was early like, days. That that episode of the the X Files aired with the the bounty hunter that could morph. Yeah. And the second they did that for the first time in a TV show, every other show's like, oh, that's that's the peak of the game now. That's it. <laughs> and then they just did it every week on Buffy. But oh, whenever yeah, someone's yeah. about to turn to a vampire on Buffy, you can see the lighting is like a slightly different color on their face. Like they've got a different look about them in that shot and you just know they're about to morph because it's yeah. not it's, yeah, not the best technology. But I loved Reboot and I've, I've got a memory that um, I had a moment with my dad where uh, one afternoon I was sitting in my room watching this show and dad come in and did the, you know, basically the you winning champ speak. <laughs> He's like, what are you watching? And I'm like, Reboot. Mm-hmm. And what's it? And dad goes, oh, what's it about? I'm com- oh, computer stuff. <laughs> And so just to explain a storyline. Just the distant look in his eyes as he backed out of the room and was like, <laughs> so much shame in his eyes that day. That was my childhood. <laughs> so, for those that don't know, you are a huge tragic when it comes to television. Yeah, pretty much. When I heard your first shit show and you were talking about Teabag, I was so yes. excited because. <laughs> <laughs> to hear other people actually talk about this show and remember it. Well, I don't think you remembered it fondly, but no. <laughs> it was still great to hear you talk about it. We revisited it. That's yeah, why we, we watched don't remember it. it fondly. Have you watched it yeah. recently? Go on YouTube and look uh, it up. A few it is years ridiculous. Ago. I still enjoy it. Oh, it's, it's so, so bad cheap. That it's there is some like my favorite thing was all the special effects where they'd turn off the camera and move something. <laughs> yeah. But then yeah. And then the it camera would, like... would move a tiny bit <laughs> to the left. So she'd be yeah. like, magic. And it'd be like, <laughs> it was pretty good. With that ding sound effect. Yes. Yeah. That would have taken, but you could just picture like four or five like film nerds or, or uh, mats, four or five mats in a little suite <laughs> just to nail that special effect at the time. One of you like, we've gone too far. <laughs> we've flown too close to the sun. <laughs> I've been watching. I'm sorry for that reference, but I've been watching so many clips of Craig Ferguson. And uh, there was, I don't know if you remember, there was uh, Jeff got obsessed with oh, someone yeah. called him Icarus on Twitter. Yeah. And so there was like a good year where they just did not stop referencing that tweet. But anyway, that's for another time. <laughs> oh.
the not... first show that you have chosen on this episode, Dan. Girl from Tomorrow. Oh. Oh, it, yes. It's an Aussie sci-fi children's television show created by Film Australia. So I'm guessing that Bill Hunter shows up at some <laughs> point. Not quite. <laughs> the series is based around Alana. Uh, she's the girl from the year 3000. At the start of the series, she's kidnapped by Silverthorne. A criminal from the year 2500. Oh, John Howard with a mullet. Who is brought back in time to the year 1990. Why did you pick this show? Tell us about it. <laughs> oh, I, just, I was obsessed with this show. I loved it. Um, yeah, the seeing John Howard in this now is just bizarre because you, if you don't know, John Howard's the actor from like uh, Always Greener and All Saints and what else has he done? Um, he brought in the tough gun laws. He hasn't. He has <laughs> not aged it. well. No. We couldn't figure this out because in in high school, one of our set texts we spoke recently about looking for Ella Brandy. Yeah. One of the other set texts was the Aussie film The Club about an Aussie football club. Oh yeah. I know you're going to rush out and watch it, Dan, because you <laughs> love sports more than I do. <laughs> I, no, I haven't seen it. John Howard is the dashing leading man in that. Like he's oh, really chiselled, really buff. Like, but that old fash- fashioned buff where they've just sucked in their gut <laughs> so that their chest. Is- <laughs> but he was like, you know, he was a, a, for lack of a better term, like he was a rock, rock Hudson type, like a yeah. really, really chiselled. <laughs> Good-looking leading man, yeah. but then you watch him now, like when he was in All Saints and he all these other teams. He looks like a shit. he looks like Rocky Dennis from fucking Mask. <laughs> like he's just got an oversized face. The weird thing is, I, I never saw the transition because I saw yeah, him. Yeah, I know. I feel like I blinked and he turned into that. Yeah, where's the I, missing? I don't know where he went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is just such an awesome show. They don't do kids shows like this anymore. The, the sci-fi elements and um, I love anything time travel basically. Because so it, it, awesome. was, it was the the big thing because you it think was, of other shows yeah. like Halfway Across the Galaxy and Turn Left. Yep. Oh, yeah. They yep. really leaned into the – because it was cheap to make back in the day. Like sci-fi, you could just get a hold of like some plumbing tubing that was yep. transparent and <laughs> green. A bit, of, green, foil. bit yep. of foil. And you could nail it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the creators of this show actually went on to make Spellbinder, which is another one of my oh, all-time favourites. I favorite. remember that show. So it's another kind of sci-fi, parallel world type show. This was like, I remembered this as a kid, but then I watched these shows. Um, it was an absolute joy to watch this again. Like I ended up watching a fair bit of it because I was oh, just good. so happy watching it. I was watching, I watched maybe two episodes and the acting was so weird and off. I didn't know if it was because it was like so early 90s or what. Yeah. But I was waiting for sex scenes because it was such <laughs> porno acting. <laughs> um, it just had that that uh, 70s porn acting in the whole – every time someone talked, it was overstated or understated. It was fucking yeah. bizarre to watch. It was like a fever dream. But I can, I can imagine the show was one of those things where – you think you remembered how it was and then yeah. you rewatched it and it really was it like was, that yeah. because it was fucking bizarre. Do you know what brought me so much happiness? I've got a weird obsession with like packaging and nostalgia and seeing like all the things in the shop was oh, just yes. so amazing to me, like old Le Snack and like all the oh, old chip packets and I stuff. Like, that, I loved it. I had that recently because I, I think I said it on the podcast – we rewatched the original Heartbreak Kid movie that spun oh. off to be a, a Heartbreak High. 
and they there's a bit where he's in a supermarket and it's all like the giant golden circle tins of like pineapple <laughs> rings and shit <laughs> and it's like a 44 gallon drum but it's just purple packaging um yeah. all the nest quick was just called quick yeah in the background uh. and stuff and i was like isn't it funny how you can get nostalgic for shit like yeah, that? Yeah, just things in yeah. the supermarket. I like yeah. getting old magazines or like those calorie counting guides because you get the old packets <laughs> yeah. inside them that you can look at. And That's a weird funny. thing of mine. I don't know. When did The Girl from Tomorrow air? Was it like an afternoon show or? Yeah, it was. Um, I think originally it was after school and then I think they probably repeated it Saturday mornings or something like that. I remember I actually missed the first episode. Mm. Um, so I started watching the second episode and in the first episode, Alana, the main character is bought from the year 3000 and kidnapped by this guy, Silverthorne and taken to 1990 in a, what they call a time capsule, which is this kind of weird perspex hexagon <laughs> shaped <laughs> thing. It's, it's as like the, the um, they just stolen, prism from Superman. Oh, I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah. They'd just stolen half of a phone box at the time, <laughs> just pulled down the perspex. <laughs> And and she lands in like a tip and runs away from Silverthorn. All right, hang and on. Firstly, the, I can't believe yeah. the dump is just next to the airport. What was that about? <laughs> Can you imagine rocking up in that town and just being like, is this fucking Australia? It's just dump. <laughs> and it stinks. Yeah, I know. It was well, a bizarrely that, placed tip. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and so they keep mentioning the time capsule throughout the series because the whole point is she's trying to find it so she can get back home. Um, and I didn't know what the time capture was because I hadn't seen the first episode. <laughs> so I, didn't, I, it was, I just remember like being confused by that until I actually saw it. Um, but yeah, it's such a great show. And as you mentioned, the, the main characters um, that you find in 1990 are Jenny and her little brother, Petey. Petey. And they live in the Cali Dally, which is like the <laughs> little shop that their mum runs. Fuck, there is no um, way a kid nowadays would either be named Pete or Peter let alone have the nickname Petey. <laughs> so you just add, like, add Y to the end of someone's name and that's, their, that's their nickname. No one's been named Petey since Dumb yeah. and Dumber came out in 1994. <laughs> that bird. <laughs> <laughs> My cousins used to call me Danny and that was a bit... <laughs> that's just because you were like fucking that. super obsessed with yogurt and rollerblading yeah. with your dog? <laughs> <laughs> Remember that Danny gonna make... Oh, yeah, yeah. you're so in love with you. What the fuck yeah. was that? Was that that was your well? <laughs> Wasn't anyway. it Danino? Da- yeah. yeah, that was Danino, I think. I don't know if that was the same thing as Danny. And Danone is the company that makes all of those. That's probably why. They probably got super, like, super classic Aussie racist ads. Like, the, <laughs> uh, someone to come and, it's budget love, you stupid frog bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, no. <laughs> it's French for yum. You dumb frog cunts. Like that's what Aussie. That's what Aussie stuff was like in the nineties. It's just um, Brian Brown. I'm trying to fix my car. It's a go-go mobile. Can you stop being racist? <laughs> um, watching this girl from tomorrow, just to bring it back, I was so fucking angry at her bullshit. That she couldn't remember, like, I didn't know what money was. She couldn't operate a door. All that crap. <laughs> like, well, the future, she was a thousand, no, how long? No, a thousand honestly, think about it. Yeah. Whatever year, you know, we're in now, you know what society's 
fundamental, you know, systems were a thousand years ago, right? We yeah. know kind of, you know, trade systems and money and like, you know, basic things like doors. How can she be like that? Maybe she was <laughs> she was under the condition that turned John Howard into a monster. Yeah. She was like, oh, I've got early stages of that. Because like Petey kidnaps her which is a bit of a creepy serial killer thing for a kid to be doing. But anyway, he puts her in that cupboard and then she gets out and then she goes into the house and then she doesn't know how doors work, but she just opened the door like two minutes before that. Oh, so it's the consistency. It's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fuck your list, Dan. We're not doing any more of your shows. You've upset Casey with your stupid door logic shows. I'm sorry. And she doesn't know how the shower works. Yeah, no, she just stands there. Like, it's really weird. yeah. Like, how can you not know what money is? I love that you're picking a bar. Oh, it really irritated me. I got really <laughs> angry. angry letter to the writers. Picture, yeah. picture Casey sitting at home doing her research, eating some popcorn, and just like going, what the fuck? And all this popcorn falling out of her mouth <laughs> no, and the popcorn dropping That on is the floor. not far from the actual truth of <laughs> me watching this and getting really angry, but then kept watching it. I got over it, but it was really annoying. Oh, yeah. All right, you're back on the episode. <laughs> we haven't mentioned yet um, the transducer, which is this kind of device that Alana uses. Um, yeah. It's like a headband with a crystal on it. It's and just sure, a piece like, of plastic. Headband sales. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> headband sales would have gone to the roof in the 90s. I remember being a girl in the 90s and everyone having those headbands, and we used to play the girl from tomorrow and like just put oh. our headbands like, you know, how she had it. Was it replaced yeah. by the blossom flower hat? Was the denim yeah. flower <laughs> hat? <laughs> those were great. Good times. And slouch socks with it. Now, the, the most important thing we quite often ask when we do a shit show is. Can you find this on YouTube? You sure can. You can. I think it's illegally on YouTube, oh, but I actually have it on DVD as well. <laughs> There's a DVD of this? <laughs> I, I, yeah. Please tell I me it's so, standard definition. It would have yeah, to be. Of course it is, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Four by three. <laughs> I, I it's 4K. <laughs> I think I recorded this from TV um, at some stage, but then I ended up writing to film australia and getting them to send me are you serious i think i paid like a hundred dollars for official vhs dubs from their masters that is embarrassing you should never Ah. tell anyone else that (laughs) and then it ended up getting released on dvd anyway years later so i'm sitting in a house that has more 1990s toys than you could imagine and i'm judging you right now Uh, that's a deep cut that is yeah there is four things in this room we're sitting in with Agro's face on it, and I still think I'm above <laughs> you right now. <laughs> oh my goodness! Fucking hell! Do you know yeah. when you when you wrote to Film Australia? Did Bill Hunter <laughs> ring you up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah to the phone. Or the, the newest intern, Ben Mendelson, rang up. <laughs> Excuse me, did you ring? Did you want some TV shows? Oh, ben Mendelson. Because he says his own name. My Ben Mendelssohn is just Ben Mendelssohn saying Saying Ben Mendelssohn with a lisp and gruff in his voice because that's all he does. G'day, mate. He's done well for himself. Excuse me, mate. (laughs) Are you reading Ready Player Two yet? Can I be in the movies? (laughs) Thank you. I think you need to do a Ben Mendelssohn recording saying... I'm Ben Mendelsohn and this is Dave Videogram. You know what I'm going to... like a little sting. I'm going to upload Amazing. onto YouTube my Ben Mendelsohn reading Ready Player 2. <laughs> like okay. 
I'm, I'm also in all the Star Wars movies now. Speaking of racist stereotypes, your next choice today, Dan. Sometimes the world looks perfect, nothing to rearrange. Sometimes you just get a feeling like you need some kind of change. Quite often on podcasts, you hear people talk about product of the time. Yeah. And uh, I think you've found a great example. Perfect Strangers, <laughs> the American sitcom with the greatest theme song, I yes. think, in the history of television. I also Agreed. just want to say, though, that they tell a whole, like, plot in the opening sequence. Like, it's one of the yeah. longest opening sequences I think I've ever seen. It's like too many cooks. Isn't it funny now, though, you watch something and, they're like, the intro is about four minutes. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. It's like 10 seconds and it's like, yeah. you know, you're watching fucking yeah. this show. Like Breaking Bad, how it's just two seconds yeah. of a sound. But this was like, but yeah. back, it, it reminds me of that skit that you're obsessed with, the Too Many yeah, Cooks. Yeah, Too Many Cooks. Yeah, it's totally like that. Have you seen that, that, Dan? No. Oh, my God. I'm going to send that? it to you. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay. I won't spoil it. it for you. I'm just going to send okay. it. It's so good. Yeah, I think they only kept that long opener for the <sighs> first season, which was only like six or eight episodes. And then oh. it got shortened and they... Did other stuff like running around Chicago looking like... Doing a bit of a Laverne and Shirley kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) Remember they got stuck in the revolving doors in the title? Yeah, that's right. I love that. I want to go back and find other ones from the night. I want want Huey's cooking adventure where like he's just like fucking (laughs) flinging like cooking oil onto his one fucking... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Tablecloth thing that he is. Huey's cooking adventure. He's got really sausagey fingers... Yeah. And his cooking, have you gone, like, I don't know why, but I did this recently. Went back and just watched some of them on YouTube. And his recipes are just like the shit your mum would cook. They're uh, not yeah. fancy at all. What it's like lamb love. chops and mashed potato kind of thing. All right. And the next thing we've got to put in, we've got a splash of olive oil. Heaps of glug, oil. Glug, so glug, much glug, butter. Glug. And you yep. just watch the whole thing go in. And then he's got this weird OCD about wiping every little speck of everything off the, the plate. Yes. It's with the one, it's with the one... Fucking what do you call it? Yeah. Yeah. You learn in like cooking school and shit that that's like the worst thing you can do in food <laughs> preparation. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, a bird shot on the counter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good old Huey's cooking adventure. Oh, I found a book at Savers that's like 
the Huey recipe book, and the photos in it are just amazing. I bet. I, I have a similar story. I found a book at an op shop. It was like celebrities and their dogs, and I, <laughs> Huey was in there. It was, wow. it was like a different celebrities. And in it, he said that he feeds his dog KFC, and I was really disturbed by that. That is insane. How fat was the dog? Oh, I can't remember now. I took a photo of it. I couldn't even walk. I could imagine that, like, it'd have Patty Newton and a dog, and the dog (laughs) would just have its whole snout covered in peanut butter. (laughs) (laughs) Read into it whatever you want. So Perfect Strangers, it aired from 1986 to 1993 on ABC in the US. Um, It was it chronicled the rocky coexistence of Midwestern American Larry and his distant cousin from Eastern Mediterranean Europe, Balky (laughs) Bartokamas. And, you know, all all we had was Acropolis Now was our version of it. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Except so it was like uh, the odd couple, basically. Yeah, yeah it's just an odd yeah. couple scenario. But it, I loved this when I was a kid, and I haven't seen it since then. And then watching it, I can see why because it's really juvenile humor. But the thing about it is, it is such a blueprint of sitcoms yeah. because it is the it is the oh they have a fight and they'll draw a line down the middle of the apartment and they're only allowed to stay in each other's sides. Yeah, and I remember one of their go to jokes. They'd always have a goat inside. Like they there was always a, a punchline where like Belky <laughs> would have a goat that he found somewhere. Yeah, because on Mipos where he lived, there was full of goats, wasn't it? <laughs> it's pretty much And the- it's just got peanut butter all over its mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's the blueprint of Borat for sure. Like yeah, there's so much. much of this. Was it, was it racist though? I don't know. Was it? I, did, I don't know if it was taking the piss out of Belky. He was a caricature of pretty much anyone Eastern European. But it was always like, oh, my God, this guy eats this. Can you believe it? Or this guy, (laughs) this guy's trying to fuck a doorknob. (laughs) It's like. (laughs) Don't remember that. (laughs) I'll link you. I'll send you a link. Oh, great. Great. Hey, did you know that um, Family Matters was actually a spinoff of this show? I did not know. No? Wow. Um, Because the mother from Family Matters works at the newspaper office where Larry gets a job. And she, I think she runs the elevator because back then they had someone to run the elevator. Um, and I think she was in a couple of seasons of this and then got her own show. Wow. Huh. Yeah. I saw one episode of Family Matters as a child and was so irritating doing a Steve Urkel impression since that that I was then banned from ever watching it again. <laughs> I watched the thing <laughs> quite recently and it was explaining how long Family Matters run and how long Urkel was on it and how long Urkel was annoying. And it yeah. really is not how you remember it. Really? Like, that show ran for a lot of seasons before Urkel was even like a character in it. And he was only like the main character for like a season or something. Like it was really bizarre the way that show was made up to how it's perceived and remembered. Because he used yeah. to just come by and he was in love with Laura, the daughter. But then later on, he was like the protagonist of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the whole show was yeah. based around him. I guess he was so popular that, that they started revolving it around him. Have you seen the very special episode of Urkel where, it, like, a gang, he gets no. mixed up with a gang and they're, like, trash the, you know, the local is that peach the one where pit he, fucking thing? Is that the one where <laughs> he, he drinks, like, a formula and makes him becomes Bruce Lee or is that a different what? episode? 
That is not an I episode. I promise you there is an episode where Urkel turns into Bruce Lee for an episode. I'm and he's finding that later. Yep. That's anyway, wow. Perfect Strangers, the greatest yep. fucking theme outside of Full House. Oh, yes. Why did I you pick this so show? Oh, just because it, it, it basically makes me full of joy, just like the dance of joy that, <laughs> that they do throughout this show. Um, yeah, that theme song, it's definitely the number one in my in my books. Um, I, it just makes you so happy. And and the characters, like, it's just a love-hate relationship, the, the odd couple thing and... They always end up, you know, best friends at the end of the episode, unless it's a two-parter, maybe. <laughs> and it's, it's, yeah, it's just, it just makes me so happy. Belky's just the nicest character because he's so like gullible and there's an innocent. innocence to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes there are some things that can't be explained. Time doesn't stand still, and there's nothing that stays just the way. Jumping forward to 1991, the next show you have picked sounds fucking <laughs> insane. Like outside of when we did the miraculous life of sea monkeys or whatever it is, mm. this is the first show where I was like, this has to be a fever dream. I remembered nothing about it. From 1991, <laughs> the miraculous Mellops. What the fuck is this show? Oh, wow. It's, it's got to be the weirdest Aussie kid show out there. Um, so it's, it's hard to explain in one sentence, but it's, it's set around this family called the Mallops. So that's what they are. They're not a disease. (laughs) Honestly, Um, when you sent it through the list, I read Miraculous Mallops and I'm instantly, that sounds like something that killed one of your favorite uncles. Like you just go, (laughs) oh yeah, we've got to go to Uncle Charlie's funeral on the weekend. He unfortunately got the Mallops. Mallops. Can you get a vaccine for that? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's since around these three teenage kids uh, and their dad and uh, auntie who all live in a suburb in Sydney somewhere, and they own a, a nursery called the Lazy Daisy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there's also a, another family called the Dumps who are kind of their enemies. Mm. Um, and it's it's a kind of another sci-fi show, but. To explain it in one sentence is really difficult. So you haven't in even the touched episode, on the thing that's the weird part. Well, what, the grandbaby. Yeah. So in the first episode, like this oh. star comes from yeah space and and flies around the lounge room and um, the daughter. What's her name? I can't even think of her name. Samantha. Um, Samantha um, is the only one there with the dog, and it flies around and hits all these things in the house, and they don't know what's happened. And then they start to discover that objects in the house have weird 
superpowers, like the the toothpaste of linguistic ability and the <laughs> vacuum cleaner of time travel and uh, this T-shirt of invisibility and stuff. The fleshlight of karate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that's in my house. That's what it's called. Oh, um, and I borrow it. It's so, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, reading the synopsis, like as it is officially written, it says, screened in Australia yeah. from 1991 with a second season of the series in 1992. It's centered around a group of teenagers, two brothers and a sister, Michael, Jason and Samantha Mellop. A year earlier, their mother has died and their family business, The Lazy Daisy, is run by their rationalist father, Bill, and absent-minded aunt, Josie. The general plot of both seasons were the strange events that the Mellop teams would often encounter and get caught up without their father or aunt noticing. And I, I did watch a couple episodes and it's none of that whatsoever. It's none of that. However, what? the father of the Dump family is trying so hard to buy the Lazy Daisy because he wants to knock yeah. it down. And I I was amazed how many of the 1990s kids shows, the bad guy was always a get a get rich quick business owner. So like mm. think Mark Mitchell in all the um, episodes of Round the Twist where it was yeah, like yeah. they always wanted to develop the even Bill Hunter in like um, <laughs> Muriel's wedding. Where so it was much like, Bill it was Hunter. Always, it was always get it was always get rich. We talked about Bill, Bill Hunter. Hunter like oh, it's just anyway. Do you know when I was a kid, I remember watching this show, right? But I could not remember what it was called, anything about it except that grand baby because it stuck with me because it was so weird, right? Yeah, which we still haven't explained. We should but probably explain that. I couldn't find any evidence of this because I had nothing to go on except grand baby, which when you Google it, it's just like pianos and stuff. So I, <laughs> and then I um had your list and that was the only one on there that I didn't recognize looked it up and it was that show and it just I was like this is finally finally I found this show and watched it and it was even weirder than I remembered it the (laughs) baby why why so so the grand baby is this um the leader of all the these people that live on the moon and they're like Um, these weird munchkin-y type yeah they wear these weird like onesie outfits from memory um, and so the the reason this star got sent to Earth was to find the new grandbaby because this one is dying, um, the one on, on the moon. I don't know why they went to is Earth. Is this your favourite kid show about dying babies, though? <laughs> oh, that's number one on my list, definitely. Um, well, re- the one that gives you the most directions. You know, I remember being like on the total cliffhanger of who's the new grandbaby and then yeah. being really disappointed when it was the dog. I just thought it was such a sh- Yeah, I'll spoiler stupid. alert. Oh. Nobody <laughs> is going to watch this. Congratulations, Dan. You've just won the Film Australia Award for the first spoiler alert ever given about the miraculous melts. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Presented by the, the, the um, what do you call it, the hologram Bill of Bill Hunter. <laughs> They were going to roll him out at Coachella, but I guess he'll, he'll show up to give you your I can't wait to get my award. Yeah, so yeah, it was the dog in the end. It was the grandbaby. And then there was a second season, which was even weirder, where... Oh, it got weirder? Giant mon- oh, yeah. These giant monsters called the Grubs um, are heading around the universe, um, shooting toffee at things and eating it. So they like shoot toffee at buildings and then was the, yeah, I was gonna say, was this that show was smoking something strange? Was this show written or did a TV exec 
go down St Kilda on a Saturday night <laughs> and just listen to a crack baby just yelling shit. <laughs> oh, the baby's a grandbaby. The baby's a grandbaby. Uh, toffee, shooting toffee everywhere. Shooting toffee. Shooting toffee. <laughs> Toothpaste what? is talking again. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> So the second season's basically centered around a fax machine. That's the that's the main plot of this season. Develops <laughs> so got a new fax machine because it was the nineties, um, and Samantha tries to invite the moonlings to the grand opening of the nursery because they're reopening it and renaming it. But she accidentally sends the fax to the grubs, these evil creatures. Oh my god! This is so she's invited the grubs worse. to Earth accidentally. And so there's this countdown where they're going to come to Earth and they've got like 20 days to stop them or something. And it just, yeah, it just gets super, super weird this season. This honestly sounds like you went and found someone with a learning disability and asked them to write their own Scientology. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? It sounds like they went and held a contest and got some kids' creative writing and just turned it into a show. <laughs> You're not allowed to write an episode of this with a normal body temperature. It has to be at you least double. You have to double. have the flu. Yeah. 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 It has yeah. to be double before you're allowed to write it. Fucking hell. It, How is our generation that. that watched this and Plasmo not more fucked up than we really are? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm pretty fucked up. But. Yeah, we're pretty fucked up. I don't know what you're on about. There's the ice epidemic getting all our small country towns, but there's also like the the, the grand mellop, baby, the mellop grand mellop baby, yeah. <laughs> the uncanny valley kind of things from the nineties. Did Speaking, you recognise the dad from this show? Is that the guy that's now Bill Hunter? <laughs> <laughs> is that the guy that's now occasionally on Home and Away? I don't watch it anymore, but I reckon he's with Marilyn. Oh, is it that guy? No, he does look similar. It's um Bill Con. He was in the Bill uh, Hunter. Bill Con. No, not Hunter. He was in the Sultana Brown commercials. Remember those? What? With, with God, you know some shit. I thought I knew a lot of shit, and now that I've met you, I am astounded. I know. I know. But do you remember it was like a re- recurring like like family that were in these Sultana Brown commercials, where they'd sit around the the breakfast table, and the the son was all really dumb, and he, he didn't realize like that nudge. Sultana Brown was healthy. Yeah. Apparently. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, don't don't worry because the 1990s also told us that uh, Nutrigrain was good for sporting bodies. Oh yeah. And they ha- do you remember they had those Nutrigrain strongman things on in the morning yeah. on the weekend? I remember there was oh, one yeah. called. There was one called. I don't know why I fucking remember this. This just unlocked in my brain. <laughs> Someone called Dean Mercer was really good, and there was okay. a fucking Iron Man. What? And every Saturday afternoon before uh, Gladiators would start, they'd have the Iron Man contest on TV. And you'd be watching all these, like, um, hunky tug types from yeah. fucking home and away <laughs> racing up and down the beach. I did tug as in tug the character from home and away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Google right the now. The moment that he just remembered that his eyes lit up in a weird way that I've never <laughs> seen where it was like. The tug was wasn't yeah. hunky. Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> he like the bad boy, like, dropkick guy? Dean Mercer, OAM, was the Australian sportsman who completed competed in Ironman events. Thank you, Wikipedia. Wow. Oh, no, he died. Oh, never oh. mind. Oh, RIP. They used to do all that crap to make it like, you know, that cereal was healthy and you'd get those little yeah. collector cards inside cereal that had, like, strong men on them oh. and stuff. It's like the thing. Uh, and, like, surfers that you didn't give a shit about. Like in the 90s in, in America, the people that owned Subway 
brand name oh, like yeah. the Doctors Association or something. Yeah. So when they first came out, they're like recommended by the Doctors Association. Yeah. That's like there's a – well, two things. One, a water brand that's called Organic Springs, but it's not. It's the trademark. No. And then as well, one of my relatives worked at like I think it was – I don't know. It was a fast food place. But the company that supplied the beef was called 100% Aussie Beef. Oh, I have heard yeah. that. Yeah. I think that's McDonald's. And isn't, not, isn't there a thing as well – insane. They named – I, I, I might be like an urban legend, but I remember they there was a small town in like China or something and they renamed it as like um, something America or something. And so they were saying made in America. It's a town in China called USA, USA. That's it. And yeah. so it says made in USA. <laughs> so if it doesn't have the dots between it, it's made in China. Oh, that's funny. Fun fact for you there. I wonder what Ted Bullpit would have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's one that you might appreciate. Remember, okay. remember on the ABC of an afternoon, occasionally someone that worked for the ABC would try and shill one of their songs that they'd released. Oh yeah. 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 Do you remember the version of Monster Mash that used to air yes. most afternoons? Did you know that that was fucking Ted Bullpit singing that? Only, only recently when I found it on YouTube. Yes, because I was looking oh, up the. Ross Higgins, I was looking I up the the, the meatball song, remember yes. that? Yeah. On top yeah. of spaghetti. Yeah, and then I found the Monster Mash one. Well, because I also was trying to show Casey, and you may not remember this because I've already forgotten who it was. There was the Jelly Bean Jar song oh, by that. some lady. Yeah. Yeah, vaguely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or the You, you, brush, know, you brush Your Teeth song. When you wake, I think it was a play school song. It was, I think it was George and that. And you, yeah. you wake oh, up yeah. and you don't know what to do. You brush your teeth. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Fuck, this is a fever dream. Like, these episodes aren't oh, no. even for the public. It's just memory. They released them on CD from memory. There was like 20, like they had numbers. They were called like ABC for Kids 1, 1, 2, yes. 3, 4. Yeah. I have yeah. some on VHS that have Peter Coombe and the Hooli Doors. Those are amazing, those oh, movies. Yeah. yeah. Nineteen ninety four, your next show that you've chosen ran until nineteen ninety seven. It was known in the UK as Ocean Odyssey. However, Australia were given Ocean Girl. Why did you pick this science fiction classic? I know I only just read that it was called Ocean Odyssey. I don't know why. Did this um, did this inform your love for Sequest DHV? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, what a great show. Who was the guy in that? Jonathan Brandis, That's him. Jonathan Brandis. And the what dude from the dude he Killed himself and almost cut his oh, head off, I reckon. What? Or am I thinking of Brad Renfro? I don't know. It's one of those teen heartthrobs. Now, right. 
<laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> this episode's dedicated to his memory. You don't even know his name. If he's dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> girl. Okay. So th- this show automatically gets a pass for me. I don't actually remember it, but it does have Bronson number two from yeah. Round mm-hmm. the Twist, who was also Wayne from the Wayne Manifesto, Wayne. a show I love. But do you – I cannot believe this. I only found this out from researching. He went on to direct heaps of episodes of – a modern family, which he won all these awards Are you for, serious? and he's now mm. like a well uh, sought after television director in the US. I'm Wayne. Pretty sure yep. he's Wayne from the Wayne Manifesto. Wow! And <laughs> then I thought I'd impress Dan by telling him this, yep. and this this like Rain Man type info kicked in, and Dan's like, he he directed this episode of Neighbors, and this episode, and this yeah. episode, and this episode. He got his start directing on Davis. That's how I knew you because I'm, you know. This guy. He knows every, like, we have not informed you of a single thing yet. You knew everything that's come out of our mouths. I didn't I didn't know Jonathan Brandis. <laughs> You're like a Wikipedia of I shit might have Aussie made that up, me. though. That's, we make shit up. Uh, I love no, doing Ocean these Girl, episodes. Um, <laughs> actually, <sighs> I, I, I didn't realise how great Ocean Girl was until I started watching it again just recently. Um, it's It's got a really strong sci-fi element to it. Dave is just Googling Jonathan Brandis on his phone while you're talking. What are you doing? The star star of Chuck Norris's sidekicks, Jonathan Brandis, sadly did pass away in 2003. R.I.P. We'll have a moment's silence (laughs) for Jonathan Brandis. Put in in the sequest theme here. No, I was going to play Wendy Matthews the day you were (laughs) away. Uh, and yep, just yep. play a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> of pictures of him. <laughs> but like unofficial paparazzi yeah, yeah. kind of ones? Uh, yeah. Good, good times. <sighs> Sorry, Ocean Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was having my moment of silence. It, re- <laughs> it reads like ship to shore fan fiction, but tell us about it. Oh, ship to shore I didn't really like nah. controversially. I like the theme, but not Controversially, the yes. Um, <laughs> you are such- <laughs> That's why you're the Hermes of this podcast now. No, I didn't get that show. Um, Ocean Girl. So, yeah, it's about um, these two teenage boys who move on to an underwater um, city. It's sort of set into the sort of near future. Um, There's an underwater city where it's like they're all researching the marine life. Called Orca. Orca. I can't remember what it's. For, Oceanic like Research Centre of Australia. Oh, there now, you go. a question. Do you think that the, this show is the reason why every kid on Amazing said they wanted to be a marine biologist? <laughs> really? I don't remember that. Every kid that they asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like 90% of them said marine biologist. Why? What the wow. fuck? Maybe it was. But but like, it was probably around the same time. It sort of lines up. Yeah. Anyway. That is bizarre. I need to go back and watch some amazing. Oh, you do. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) What What do kids have now, though? I feel bad because obviously we we don't even have oceans anymore. (laughs) (laughs) We We only had like three channels at best, and so we developed this love and connection. And it was like it wasn't the streaming generation, so you couldn't get Mm. it again. You had to watch it live, so you built a connection with the shows. Mm. But now, like my kids don't watch any Fever Dream Aussie shows. There's none of it. No, it's so sad. There's um, no well, the, low the budget. The producer of this show, um, Jonathan M. Schiff, who made this show, is still making kids shows, but then they're, they're really Americanized now. They're like H2O and oh, oh, I know just that. Add Water, yeah, or like yeah. Saddle Club, that kind of thing. Yeah, 
they're yeah, but they're not they're not as sci-fi as this. They're more kind of like teen drama. I think um, the last so, yeah. kids show that I loved was Lockie Leonard. Oh yes, I remember loving that book in school because it had that bit where he got Vegemite put on his dick. What? <laughs> Are you sure we're talking about the same thing? Lockie Leonard. Yeah. Tim Winton, the book. Yeah. 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 Oh wow. The bullies at school grabbed him and put Vegemite on his willy. That wow. Did they have tie-in Vegemite brand? Lockie's <laughs> <laughs> sponsored by Vegemite. Yeah. <laughs> Lockie's cocky Vegemite. <laughs> I'd yeasty. buy it. I'd buy it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeasty extract yeah. was in bold on oh, that. <laughs> Dan, stop being gross. Wait, this isn't a <laughs> passive-aggressive podcast. Oh, God. No, it's getting into that territory. I don't think Ocean um, Girl is worthy of being on this list because it wasn't shit. It wasn't weird. And it had, like, a really high budget from the look of it. Yeah, like, yeah. it just sort of... Well, this, uh, I, can't, if you squint, I, yeah, I wouldn't call it shit. If yeah, you squint, not, you could see Escape from Absalom being shot in the background. Like, <laughs> yeah, because it was shot in Port Douglas. Yeah, so there's that, so many... Mean, yeah. I think the person, the highest part of the budget was the fucking helicopter shots in this because there was no drones yeah. back in the day. And <laughs> oh, every yeah. episode I skipped through, <laughs> it was for every two minutes of dialogue, there was four minutes of like aerial shots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's to get their money's worth. Yeah. There was yeah. also a lot of, um, in the first episode, I noticed these a lot of stock shots of like wild animals in the. <laughs> I wish. The, the I hope stuff. it was like the Dave McGann things from Macaulay. Always <laughs> yeah. the Those same mountain, mountain goats. goats. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the character Ocean Girl is this girl called Neri, who the boys discover, um, and she's this girl who can pretty much like breathe underwater and lives on an island all by herself. Um, Parts of her smell and- like fish. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Parts of her smell like fish. Well, parts of her probably do. She spends a lot of time with whales. Um, Jason, I think the the guy discovers the parts of her that probably smell like fish towards the end of the season because really? they become a couple. Yeah. Is, <laughs> anyway, there, is there any on screen fucking in some, a kids show? Text on the lips. That's about it. Um, so yeah, the the whole series is basically about. Um, the kids trying to keep Neri a secret um, and stop her from getting kidnapped by this evil corporation called Ubri, who are these kind of European people. This, you know, weird sounds accents, very, so sounds very Alex Mack. <laughs> it is a bit. I still love Alex Mack as well. So, <laughs> um, so the, the, it's sort of yeah. There's four seasons and the storyline progresses throughout the seasons. And by the end of it, there's this. Um, corporation called Praxis who are trying to capture her who are these like kind of Mulder and Scully type people um, and there's one episode which is quite horrific where they capture her and like tie her to this um, like stainless steel bench and just keep her there and she gets really dehydrated and her skin starts going all like weird and dry and it's really disturbing you know, without- then she dies and throw your arms around you plays because like, yeah. they're trying to get in on that Shane and Angel crowd, <laughs> and then they just like eat her as jerky. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no! Without any research whatsoever, I'm just going to go out there and make a bold statement that I think that you are the world's leading expert on the show. Ocean I told Girl. you. Yeah. 
Now, for, because obviously this is an audio format, Dan's just stood up in his chair, turned around and showed us his full back tattoo of all the characters yeah. from Ocean Girl. Yeah, yeah. And you even uh, got it signed the by the stamp. other – weirdly you got a, a signature on there of the other Bronson, the guy with the last name McLennan that was the first Bronson. So that was weird that you got that signature on your back tattoo. Oh, did he have the same last name as you? He did, yes. Oh. Yeah, Look, the, the second Bronson was the best. Oh, how dare you? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> well, you didn't you say that before. You liked Yeah, this, I did. Um, he was yeah. a good one. He was the Wayne Men. The third one, the third, the third cast weren't great. The third one, the worst part of the third cast around the twist were the uh, bullies. Oh, yeah. Because they yep. just become garbage. Oh, and I think Frankie J. Holden replaced yeah, yeah. Mark Mitchell, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was in it. Yeah. I remember that. Actually, speaking of around the twist, um, the second Linda from around the twist stars in season three of Ocean Girl as the daughter of um, the head of Ubery, the evil corporation. But she becomes friends with Neri and the kids and has to, like, backstab her father to save Neri. I'm not even going to pretend to have been interested in that. That was oh. a very deep dive. I must say, I do like <laughs> I do like the commitment. We can see the background of the room that you're recording in right now. And it's just wall-to-wall chalk scribbles like a dangerous mind. But of just... Of, like, Aussie TV a beautiful mind, episodes... Sorry. They starred in this. I meant Dangerous Mind because you're sitting backwards in your chair like Coolio and yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. It's like um uh, when Charlie in Always Sunny has that whole thing. Yes, the yeah. uh, Pepsi Cola or what a Pepsi, BPC, whatever. Yeah, something like that. I just had a fit. Yeah. The next anyway, show that you've can backwards. you smell toast? You smell something fishy. Only Ocean Girl's vagina. Moving right along. Oh. Once again, right round Australia, it's time for everyone's favourite game of alphabetical hide-and-seek. The game where every answer to every question is right before your eyes. So, let's join Mike and Melvin for another exciting episode of Now You See It! And now, here's the man with all the questions, the captain of the clues, Mike Mead! Well, hi, everyone. Hi, Mike. Hi, everybody. Hi, Melvin. You sound bright today, Melvin. I am very bright. All my little electrodes are electroding. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah. Could be a problem, I would imagine. The next show, <laughs> the next show that you have picked... <laughs> Highlights the fact that I've said this for many years, as highlighted by Craig Ferguson, television needs more fucking robot co-hosts. And we are talking about Mm. Now You See It ran from 1985 to 1993. It was an Aussie game show that aired on Seven Network based on a US show of the same name and originally hosted by Mike Mead in Australia. He was missing a teeth and rocking one of the (laughs) coolest fucking mullets that it ever had. But much... Much like Samson, as soon as he cut off his mullet, he lost all his power and he was just a fucking hobo missing it too. 
Wow, what an intro. What an intro. I was talking I was talking about this show to my wife and <laughs> you know in Not Another Teen Movie where he can't get over the fact she's got paint on her overalls? Yeah. That was me with his missing tooth. The tooth. Like every fact come back to the fact <laughs> the host of a fucking television show yeah, was, missing was missing a tooth. That was like an era that we're never going to have back. <laughs> no. <laughs> People aren't allowed to be on TV if they're missing teeth. Now, the, the most important part of this show from 1990, it was co-hosted by a robot known as Melvin that was a Tommy Omnibot and it pitted individual children against each other and Melvin's Uncle Morton which sounds like a King Billy Coke bottle setter, was another Omnibot and he had his own segment on the show called Morton's Mouldy Movies, which was a porn segment by the sounds of it, <laughs> in which Morton would narrate stories in a grandfatherly voice accompanied by footage from the silent era films. I don't remember that. It was like, it was like um, Uncle Arthur, I think, from memory. It was kind of oh, like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I do okay. remember him being, his head would spin around and his arms would spin around. Yeah. Uncle Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> I want a modern remake with Ben Mendelsohn doing mm. the voice of the robot. Yep. And Bill Hunter's hologram. Bill Hunter's hologram. Shoots out of it like R2-D2. I yeah. can't get over how dumb the kids on kids game shows are. <laughs> like, they're not sending in their best students on these things, are they? Or if they are, it's a concern. The key's in the toilet, you dumb little cunts. <laughs> it, this reminded me, though, of another... Do you yeah. remember the TV show Challenger? And it had yeah, Dougie the pizza yeah. guy, and he was, like, really stoned or something when he, he was hosting. He did not want to be there. No, he was the no. worst choice for a host. Or do you do you want to um, do you want to double your point? Oh, you don't? Okay. That's fine. <laughs> Next question. What's the capital of Canberra? Oh, fuck. And every time the kid talked to him, it's like your big cousin with a hangover. Yeah. And yeah. every word is just fucking pain to poor Dougie. Yeah. Poor old mate. Bad choice for a host. They replaced him, I remember. They with, did. Like, two, two people, yeah. Yeah, and they were like really over the top, like over caffeinated yeah. kind of. Did it yeah. super suck? Like remember when um, Recovery tried to replace Dylan with the cunt from the Vorbs? And he just had no the cunt person. <laughs> uh, That's what he's listed on Wikipedia that. as. <laughs> that cunt. But I, I didn't realise um, this was originally an American show. And I think it was a, an adult game show in America, oh. which is kind of bizarre because here it was like a kid's show. Mm. Is that just saying something about Americans? <laughs> Probably. Have to be to read. <laughs> Dan went there. Cancelled. <laughs> uh, you gonna, Do you want to do your five minute segment on Trump now? While you're, while you're in, it's time for Dan's hot take. He is yeah. wearing a red hat, by the way, for anyone wanting to know. Oh my gosh! Not really. Make robot shows good again. It says on his hat. <laughs> It was a cool show, and I love the set. It was like a spaceship. Yeah, it was heaps yeah. cool. It, yeah. was, it was so futuristic that it now looks like it was made in 1971. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It also, was it the set of um, Sailor of the Century? Well, I thought, I actually no. thought. It looked a lot like it, like they yeah, just went yeah. in when they weren't using it and filmed. I was watching it, and I was 100% expecting the camera to pan just a little bit too far. And in the background, you could see... The remember the Powerball setup that was the clear yeah. tubes that dropped them all oh, into yeah. the spin. That's what it looked like. The backdrop yeah. of that. Fuck, I, I miss those Powerballs. Yeah. 
Specific... They don't really show the draws anymore, do they? For no. The, the lotto. They now it's just numbers just across numbers. the bottom. Yeah. Do you remember when they had Where's that, the, um, the solo from I Want to Break Free was on the thing and it had the numbers up across the lotto? I can't unthink of Cross Lotto now when I hear that song. <laughs> that must have been an Adelaide thing. I don't remember that. Oh. And there was an ad that Go went with it. Go fuck yourself, Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> How's lockdown? Yeah. <laughs> um, We're out now. Sydney's turn. You'll yeah. be back in it again, mate. Don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll all be. I wish they'd give it a better name than the Delta strain because I just can't stop thinking of Lost Without You. as. <laughs> I, I can't stop thinking of Darren Hayes singing Lost Without You as Delta oh, Cries. What? I felt really angry about that. I don't know. I don't know. It was weird. There was a the, the year where Silverchair didn't win all the Arias but Delta <laughs> won. They got Dan, Darren Hayes to come out and sing a medley of her songs and everyone got really emotional and cried and I'm like, that sounds absolutely dreadful. She's got a sick and she was in the audience, wasn't she? She was. She was one of the. She was the main reaction they kept showing with her fucking fancy wig. It's like fuck you, Delta. Ugh. I didn't know how to feel about that. Sometimes I'm really embarrassed for Australia, and that's like a good example of why. I want. Yeah. I. I this want is why them we to can't con- have nice things. I want them to continue the phase now, and they'll be like, oh, "All right, this is we're going to get like Peking Duck, and here's Darren Hayes in his popular era <laughs> hot pants singing a Peking Duck medley." Oh. Like, just the- that sentence just kept getting worse. Darren Hayes performing a medley of Delta Goodrum songs. Uh, excuse me, <laughs> "To the Moon and Back" is the greatest Aussie song of all time, perhaps. <laughs> What about Buses and Trains by Bachelor Girl? Yeah, that's a jam. Uh, that's a good one. Who Farted by... <laughs> uh, by the Vaughns and... They uh, had some real questionable uh, other songs. Polyester Girl by Regurgitator. Nice. Yep. Remember when they were put in a bubble in Federation yeah. Square in Melbourne on Foxtel? Some Adelaide Nova hosts just finished yeah. doing the exact same yeah. thing and I couldn't stop thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. Because that album sucked. Yeah, it did. Yeah. They got but, progressively worse as they went on. Oh, Fat Cop was a, a flash in that the pan. That was a though. good riff. That is a really cool riff. But that was about it. Yeah, flash in the pan is a good. Mm. Now, speaking of fever <laughs> dreams and things that yeah, give you nightmares. Yeah, what are we talking about? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Now, now you see it. it. Yeah. Now you see it. But Sophie then, for Micah. We haven't mentioned that it got rebooted with Sophie for Micah. Really? I didn't know. Yeah. That. Uh, anyway. Are you drinking out of a bottle or a bubble full? <laughs> Are you the grand baby? I was going to drink a water, but I didn't know if I should do it and interrupt the podcast or what. He's the so grand baby. Yeah, I'm the it's, grand baby. You I'm know that's not baby. a bottle. There's actually rings in there, and if you press the button at the bottom, you can make the rings land in the little cups. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and the next show that you've picked, Dan, from 1985 ran till 1989. It is a fucking fever dream, and yeah. I've got to say, revisiting it, I was actually a little bit disappointed because I recently rewatched a whole heap of episodes of Raggy Dolls, and I did yeah. not remember it's one of those shows where one person does all the voices. Yeah. So the, the narrator's like, oh, and then the Raggy Dolls went into the shop. 
hello, I'm one of the reggaetons. <laughs> I wasn't paraphrasing. That was the actual line. Sad of- sack as well. Such a melancholy yeah. opening song. I'm going to fucking kill myself. Yeah, I know, right? It's like in a minor key. It's just really... Yeah. Him, and, him and Eeyore just in the background swinging. Swinging, yeah, just their silhouettes. Puddle Lane. What the fucking fuck? <laughs> Look, I've got to say, I was a bit disappointed going back and rewatching this. Um... It was a weird show. Um, it had the kind of same effects as Teabag, like you were talking did, about earlier. Yeah. Was a bit of Very reminiscent of Teabag. So it was kind of an educational type show. I think it was supposed to teach kids to read, but it didn't really do a very good job of that. Um, from the UK in the late 80s. And it aired here on ABC, um, mm. I think in the mornings or during school holidays yeah, or something. It was about, I reckon it was about 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it was this and MathNet. There was all those yeah, weird those fucking sort of semi-educational shows. things. And like, do you remember Soup Opera as well? It was like a little five-minute thing that used to just go between shows, and it was just bits of fruit and vegetables getting arranged into a thing, like an animal or whatever. No, it's amazing. Oh, I don't remember that. Sounds like Art Attack. Yeah, it was really yeah. cool, and it was just like randomly put in if they needed to fill like two minutes. I, I remember yeah. watching shows like that when I was a kid and feeling like they were always going to be part of my life. Like, I honestly thought my adult life would have something to do with the dogs with the blue balls from Sesame Street. You know, those dogs that they'd pick up, the, all their trick was was moving the blue ball from that side of the screen to that side of the screen. I don't remember that. I don't remember that either. You guys are fuckheads. Then. Dogs with the blue balls. As in, like, they'd... They As in it needed to jizz. As in... <laughs> <laughs> They'd bring it out and it was real randy and it'd start humping Guy Smiley's face and stuff. You guys need to remember more stuff. Is it a puppet or a real dog? No, it was one of those sit ubu dogs, yeah. whatever they are. And it used to, <laughs> its whole trick was they'd put like blue racket balls trick. and be like, how many's three, fucking dog? And the dog would go, one, two, three. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure it was real. And then Find the dog, and then the dog would fuck Elmo's puppet for like a good. <laughs> oh God! Don't yeah, don't talk about Elmo. You know what happened there. Oh yeah, true. Kevin Glass. Stop touching me, Elmo. <laughs> no. Uh, the guy that did Splinter, uh, famous uh, Middle Eastern, no, not Middle Eastern, famous Eastern voice actor Kevin Clash that did the voice of Splinter in the Ninja Turtles movies. What are we talking about? I have no idea. Yeah, well, how did we get onto that? <laughs> Puddle Lane. Puddle Lane. Um, <laughs> All of us so, just had that blank stare for a second, like we just came out of a, yeah. Oh, boy. Are you still smelling toast? Or is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was about this magician who lived in the house at the end of Puddle Lane. And it was just not really much happened in this show. There was like a little dilemma that, Toby the the little dragon that he treated like his child. The spell dragon. Yeah. And then Aunt Flo, which is, I thought, a name that meant your period. Yeah, exactly. That was the weird thing that I didn't realize when I was older. Yeah, Aunt Flo's coming to visit once a month. Aunt Flo's in town, (laughs) painting the town red. Um, And then they'd cut to these little um, stories that I think Aunt Flo would narrate the actress who played mm. her, and it was kind of like the book place where it would just be like still pictures, still illustrations with the story. But he would do, the magician would like 
Huddle, puddle, muddles. Puddle, yeah, and then it would like um, dissolve into the story. Mm. Speaking of narrating things from our childhood, do you think Noni Hazelhurst is ever going to get in trouble for doing an Aboriginal accent on what? Lizzie's library? I don't remember her doing oh. that. I'm waiting for that to come up, but it just never has. Wow. Because there was the Aboriginal character and she full went for it. Did she? She, she really? King Billy Coke bottled it up for that character. She King, oh. she King Percy'd it? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Yeah. I'm looking that up later. You need to get in touch with like news.com.au. <laughs> yeah. Sort of a clip of that. I don't want to cancel Noni. She looks like a moon. <laughs> she seems like a bit of a grump these days. Is she? Yeah. Reading that Go the Fuck to Sleep. You know that book? Oh, yeah. It's That's weird that she morphed, yeah. In, she, morphed into the, she morphed into Homer in the Work From Home episode. Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> in the Moo Moo. Bumpy. Now, the next show that you have chosen is Gumby. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming oh, yeah. you mean The Adventures of Gumby from like 87? Yes, I didn't specify that. Sorry. <laughs> oh. Um, so it yeah, followed the right. t- titular character Gumby and his character yeah. adventures in different environments because he used to walk into books. Yes. And I remember the yeah. theme song used to tell kids that they could walk through the wall if they wanted to. No, it didn't. Oh, I think it was he could walk through he the wall. Could. I think it was- <laughs> I'm pretty sure it said you can walk through the wall. If I'm you want. picturing a child, Dave, walking into the wall like an yeah. idiot because he's seen it on Gumby. Yeah. <laughs> he had a, a talking red pony known as Pokey. Uh, yeah. There was Goo that was yep. – was Goo the flying chick that Goo was yeah. the flying big loogies? And Prickle was the yellow guy. The dinosaur. And then the blockheads were the baddies. Yeah. I was really into Gumby when I was a kid. I've got like so, – a, a, emotional attachment to it I think because I remember one of the first toys that I got to like pick out at the shop was a, a little Gumby and Pokey figurine and oh. I still have them on top of my computer I oh, love them so cute. I think I had them too I don't know if it's aged well there was it also the, there was also the Mastodon the big fucking yeah and it was it was furry but in that way that like um uh aggro was where it was it was matted as fuck and looked terrible. It was done yeah. in like, like a stop- teddy bear yeah. in an op shop. Yeah, pretty much like yeah. Big Ted used to be, where it was like, oh, oh yeah, Big Ted looked like he'd gone Big through Ted. the ringer. Yeah, they lived on a farm, didn't they? And they had like yeah, the mastodon. I think it was called Denali, and the yeah, chicken was Denali Tilly. and Tilly the chicken, and they used to go into books, and that would yeah. much like reboot would set yeah. the theme like they'd go into a cowboy book. Yeah, and everything I've got was the, still the video. With the clamshell cover with the episode yeah. where they go in the Wild West. I, I remember the very early days of like the internet, like newsgrounds and that, where someone did, did a the dub. the ghetto Gumby? I love that. Ah. And I still to this day use trying to bake a cake, shit's rough. Yeah. As a <laughs> reference from that. Yeah, that was one of the first like, you know, memes, if you will. I don't think I've seen that. 
it's probably not, you know, it's not good politically correct or good. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Now, um, the, the next show that I wanted to touch on, because I reckon we'll yeah. get through all of these today. Yeah, we probably need to keep moving. <laughs> you have chosen Pop Stars, specifically oh. the Bardo series. That yeah, was a gem to rewatch. Ta- I yeah, enjoyed I, rewatching Of all that the things that I revisited lot. for this episode, yeah. this is what I watched the most yeah. of. This really? is This is why I angrily messaged you during the week about my algorithm online. <laughs> it's like, yeah, mine's all stuffed up now with audition tapes and stuff. Because uh, <laughs> it used to be my Google image was full of Sophie Monk, but now it's my uh. YouTube's like, do you want to watch this song by Sophie Monk? And I'm uh. like, no, thank you. Well, that one song by the chick with the short hair. Sophie Monk has the biggest disparagement of her spoken voice to what she looks like because you look yeah. at her in her peak and you're like, wow, what an amazing like supermodel-looking girl. Mm. She'd open her mouth and you're like, fuck, <laughs> go back to Frankston. <laughs> go back to she's St Kilda. I think, she, I think she's from the Gold Coast, but I love Sophie Monk. She's just like the most down-to-earth person you can – Oh, I didn't mean to upset her, you, mate, Sophie. Sorry, Dan. Sorry. <laughs> so sensitive. <laughs> this was, was the exact show. kind of like nostalgia that I'm constantly chasing in my life. It was what I do this. like was it was uh, a learn a learn as you go experience for even the makers of it. Yeah, and they yeah. obviously spent. And the thing I loved about it, they obviously spent so much fucking money on the on oh, the, the show branding and marketing of just this whole like, thing. It'd show them like on the road, and there'd be like ten or so seamstresses making all the clothes that they got to wear that night, and they're not going to get it done in time. Yeah. It's like just employing ten people the size to do of anything. The crew for just that concert yeah. that they had, that first concert was enormous. So yeah, many because the concert I think was the end of the first was the end of the season. Like it was building yeah. up to that live concert. I watched that. Did anybody like? Did you guys watch that concert? I watched the concert episode. The backup yeah. dancers were so so over the top. <laughs> I couldn't get over it. The guy, the guy at the start of the song that's behind the girl that starts singing first is like yeah. outperforming her by a million, and it was oh, really wow. distracting. I don't know if it was meant to be distracting because the girls weren't overly good at dancing or something, but yeah. like I couldn't look away. Insane. I think one of those dancers ended up being a judge on one of the later seasons. Wow. I'm pretty sure. The guy with the kind of... The curly um, hair? Curly hair, yeah. Yeah, because he was the choreographer and then he, like, put himself in the show. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking. I think he ended up on So You Think You Can Dance or something like that. So the, the, first, the first season gave the world Bardo. And yep. they were selected by Seven Network's first series of pop stars. It was a talent show which set about producing, much like the Beatles, a five-piece girl group. The Australian series was only second. Much like to, the Beatles. As in put, as in they were trying to manufacture a girl group. <laughs> That's a weird. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm just reading what was written. <laughs> um, and it was only the second version of the show after New Zealand that was aired. Yeah. I'm surprised about that. Um, we got True Bliss from the New Zealand episode. Um, the act would be sponsored by Austereo, meaning they'd get played all over Australia. New Idea magazine, back when magazines had power. Yeah. There was a thing, you had to buy New Idea magazine and fill out the little form to be able to do the audition. They got signed to Warner Music Group mm-hmm. in 1999 and they were chosen down to five from 2,500 entrants. Wow. Um, How good were some of those auditions? You they had, had to be able to both sing and dance 
And one of the main judges was Jackie O. Yeah. There was Chris Moss and Grant Thomas from Thomas Management Group. And, uh, yeah, this is just much like we always say, Hey Hey is a great example of the world that we were at the time. Pop yeah. Stars is also a great example of just that time. Like um, you get all your, your shiny material clothing. Oh, yeah. Um, the songs that they were singing as well were a bit of a the return chapter. of the return of clogs popularity. Yeah, if, if this show had to be summed up in a piece of furniture, it would be a green inflatable couch <laughs> because it is. Just, I think one of them was in the music video. <laughs> probably, it is just so of its time. It was great. It fun. was brilliant, and yeah. and uh, the, I think the exciting thing was I'm pretty sure it was being aired. As it was happening, yeah, uh, I think yes. it was. Like they'd, yeah, they'd shoot like each Sunday night would be like what happened in the past week. What I did like was as well because obviously reality show went on to be much more manufactured yeah. than it mm. was at this time. Yeah, what I did like was they would grasp at anything. So like they'd be like, "All right, we're all ready to go. All ready to go. Are you all right, Soph?" And so be like, "Oh, mum and dad aren't going to be here tonight to see me." And there'd just be a piano. Do, do, do. And it would like she'd be looking out a window and there'd be rain on the window and shit. And I loved how quickly it would change. Yeah. And then it would yeah. go to um, my favorite character was one of the seamstresses. Yeah. Because she had character. one. Character. Yeah. Drama. She had. And he said one of my favorites. Yeah. So he's got multiples. She had just one of the most bogan Aussie accents, but she was like, oh. I don't know if we're going to get all these sequins sewed on before tonight's show. I just don't know. We got nine girls in the back all working on it. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to get over the line, but all I know is they're going to go on stage tonight and look bloody brilliant. <laughs> and I was like, fuck yeah, yeah. you so. Yeah. And I was getting really like, I'm like, come on, get them sequins on and shit. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so embarrassed to admit this is the most fun I had researching any television it show was, before. It was like, really a lot of fun. I would wow. implore anyone to revisit yeah. this Go on YouTube show. and watch it. It's a joy. And, you know, this kind of – because the whole format, you know, bastardized and then we got – Australian Oz, Idol. Got and talent, crap, Oz yeah. Idol, X yeah. Factor. And uh, we also got out of pop stars Azaria. Do you remember the character Azaria? Chamberlain. Boom. <laughs> no. <laughs> I vaguely remember. I met yeah. him in a later iteration of my band played with his band and I upset him because You said that, yeah. I kept I kept saying you cunts instead of like you guys or something. And he, he really took umbrage to the use of cunts. Oh no. So that was a good time. Hang yeah. on, so was it like a battle of the bands or something? How did that no, work? No, he um he did that thing where he parlayed all his um connections and stuff in the music industry and made a real go of it with his his real serious rock band called The oh, Art. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I don't know how it went. but that, That's just given me a flashback. Do you remember Mandy Kane? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. What was that song? Stab? Stab. Oh, I can't, yeah, I remember the one you mean. It was like a very PG version of Marilyn yeah, Manson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, or, or a rougher version of the Mavises. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that just reminds me of Home and Away. Yeah, they and always and played Cry in Home and Away. Every time. Yeah. I, I don't think that, like, that song cannot be played properly unless there's a shot of someone answering the burger phone in the diner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> See, what do you reckon about the narrator of pop stars? He kind of, to me, he sounded like he was bored the whole time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, because he's narrating just shit. <laughs> the girls have only had one rehearsal and the show is tonight. Now, one of you need to tell me about this. I remember through, I believe it was through John Safran's TV show. Yeah. Because he did like a revisiting. Music jamboree. Yeah. He revisited a lot of that. John Safran. One of them was stealing money or something. What was the controversy? Yeah. So I actually looked looked this up so that I knew. Allegedly. What happened was one of the girls was given some money to like divvy out with the girls for some reason. I don't know what it was. And kept hold of one of the portions that was meant to be given to another girl. She says that she just forgot and they said that it was technically theft and she was asked to leave. Wow. Well, yeah. It didn't happen with the show though, was it? It was like the career after the show, wasn't no, it? No, no, no. It they replaced the her during the season. What? Yeah. The, the final gig is with a girl that's a different one to the one that they yeah. picked at the start. It was, was it Chantel Barry? Was that her name? Yes, yeah. The and they replaced got- her with the cowboy hat girl. Oh, yes, yeah. that's funny. I know this cowboy hat and girl. And yeah. the cowboy hat girl is so happy to have been put in the show that she's the one constantly talking to the camera. Yep. She's, like, really <laughs> into it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a huge controversy, and I think the show kind of tried to brush over it. And they say did, yeah. They really left swept for personal under the reasons or something. But kind then of I think like your Cosima DeVito type thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the magazines, like, you know, found out the real reason. And it was, yeah, huge news. Yeah, it was. That was, you know, we didn't have a lot going on back then. We didn't no, have no. reality TV and stuff. So that was a bit of a scandal. That is scandalous. scandalous. Oh, oh, actually, I have a really embarrassing scandalous story. What? Tell He's wearing a scandalous T-shirt, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that's true. With my hat and all the other stuff going on. And your tattoo. full-back ocean girl tattoo, yep. yeah. Yeah. Um, and your big baby yeah, bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting in your sitting your inflatable chair backwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My green inflatable couch. Um, yeah, the second season they formed the band Scandalous, and I was so sad that I actually travelled about an hour from where I live to the western suburbs of Melbourne to see them perform in a car park of Dick what? Smith Powerhouse. <laughs> that is just wow. However, did Mike Whitney offer you money to do something in the car park? <laughs> Dig this. Do you want to stick this crate up your dick for $50? Oh. And I went up to them and got them to sign my CD afterwards. Oh, man. Do you, fucking, so have, do All right. you fucking still have that CD? I do have the CD. Just wow. that, like that silver, story silver is enough to tell anyone your sexual persuasion. <laughs> That's it. I don't need to ask. The that, answer's in that story. And yeah. that's also why your nickname is Pussy Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm still smelling that toast. <laughs> Scandalous. Although I remember buying the, the um, Guy Sebastian first single, Angels Bought Me Here. Oh, yeah. Mm. Fuck. That's a good well, song, actually. Funnily enough, I found the Pop Stars CD in an op shop recently and I thought, I'll send this to Dan and it'll make him laugh. And he was like, oh, no, I've got that. Oh, my God. <laughs> that one was even more tragic because it was the same song. In season three, for some reason, they released the song Superstition, sung by, like, all seven of the Oh, I hate when they artists. do that. They did the Australian so, Idol yeah. Final 12 CD and it had them doing Ain't No Mountain High Enough. 
Yeah, it's yeah. It's really annoying. Like they all get one line each and that one line is their time to shine. So they're all going <laughs> in every lyric. <laughs> I hate when they sing like that. I know, right? Oh, that's what the auditions were like on Pop Stars, the auditions. Yeah. Where they had to choose either like My Heart Will Go On, Wannabe or Ain't No Sunshine, but you, like the Denny Hines version and they all were just over riffing it so bad. Wasn't it Rock Melons? No, no, yeah, it was it's, Denny Yeah, she appeared on a Rock Melons song. Right, okay. Yeah. Fuck, what is this episode? <laughs> Deep dives of Australiana, Dave. Let's see. This is a, uh, yeah. Minute silence. The pop star. Yeah, for, for, for the girl Chantel Barry. Yeah. I hope she's doing okay. Yeah. I hope it's another R.I.P. situation. He, yeah, he's hoping that she's uh, doing well in that life of lies she built on that stolen money. <laughs> I bet it was like $12 as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's no way it was like hundreds of dollars. Here's your money to go down to the server and buy silver sunnies that are like really thin to wear. Yep. And she forgot to give Sophie her $2 or whatever it was. I think that's exactly what happened actually because yeah. I remember hearing Jackie O talk about it years later. It was like their weekly allowance or something. Yeah, like a petty cash for like food or something. It was something real shit. Per diem or whatever it is. Well, Dan, believe it or not, we're going to have to leave it there because we've run out of time and we've uh, run out of Screen Australia money because we didn't (laughs) mention Bill Hunter enough. Shout out to anyone who's listened to this entire thing, by the way. Yeah, I'm yeah, really right. sorry. What is everything okay? <laughs> Do you smell toast? <laughs> <laughs> Dan, let everyone know where they can check out the Passive Aggressive Podcast. Yeah, just uh, go to passiveaggressivepodcast.com or search for us on your podcast app. Oh, so, Actually, so we've got to do all the fucking work. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> um, I recommend if you like this kind of stuff, listen to our interview with um, – James Sherry from Amazing. Oh, my God. That is so that cool. That's amazing That episode. is amazing. What annoyed me was <laughs> listening to that episode, spoiler alert, for how big of a part of my childhood. I'm still waiting for a call-up to go play Bubsy on Amazing, but it hasn't happened. <laughs> how <laughs> much? No, no. How much of Amazing doesn't mean that much to James Sherry anymore? Is it? Oh, I can't sad. remember. Heartbreaking. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Because in that interview, I asked him why it ended. And he said he kind of just said something like um, he got sick. I can't remember what he said. Like he got sick of it or something. I felt like there was something, some more truth behind it. Like he wasn't telling the full story. We need like yeah. a behind the behind yeah. the laughter kind of thing. Him, exactly. Him, yeah. him and Dita Brummer got caught doing coke off yeah. the toilet. I, the I toilet with the key in it. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Because he no, he talked about how he tried to. I think he tried to reboot it. I remember he tried to like start a petition or something. They need to reboot it, but with all the same people, and they get the kids back as adults, and they just upscale the maze a little bit. That'd be that would be awesome. Yeah, awesome. Well, make sure you check out Passive Aggressive Podcast. It is a fucking good time for fans of DVG. Yeah. And people with head injuries. Yeah. And people that <laughs> laugh at farts as much as I do. I know, that's Oh, it. God, there's so many fart things in that podcast. Love it. Well, Dan, please give our love to Matt, Stu, and all the gang. Um, yep. I'm just looking around. There's no invite for us to be on the show yet. But anyway, yeah, it it'll, come, lost in the it'll come through sure, any day. I'm pretty sure my co-host Matt has sent you an invite. Has he not received it? He's doing that. Oh, well, yeah. our people will call your people with we'll, the time. We'll fax it to you. We'll fax it to you. <laughs> on a dot matrix fax machine, yeah. please. Yeah. 
Awesome. No, I want you to come on. I think Matt wanted you to come on and talk about come on your uh, face. queefs or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are the, uh, you know, the authority on the matter. So. We are. Well, that's yeah. just you wait till you hear what I sent him. <laughs> okay. Wow. Thank, that's you, a thank bit you so sizzle. much for having me, I've got to say, before we go. I didn't we didn't give so you much up. of a choice, but you're yeah. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's been okay for the listeners. It's rambling. <laughs> Fuck them. It's not about them. <laughs> yep. This is a self-indulgent, you know, passion project, this podcast. Just to make yeah. all our family that don't listen think that we're on the wireless. It's to give us an excuse to say that we're watching all this crap for research for our podcast when we really just really good. love And that's watching. it. You didn't misspend a childhood watching TV, Dan. You researched the fuck out of an episode <laughs> of DVG. Yeah. Mm. It's all been leading up to this moment my whole life. That's it. One day... Darren Hayes will be singing about you watching TV. <laughs> and I'll be sitting awkwardly in the crowd watching on. Good times. This is Dave's Video Graveyard Shit Show.